Real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Podcastpreneur Podcast, where you will learn how to produce, promote, and profit with a podcast. This episode originally appeared on the Frugalpreneur Podcast. To receive free access to my upcoming podcasting masterclass, please sign up at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash masterclass. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N.com forward slash masterclass. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is an author, speaker, and teacher. He helps you get more traffic, leads, and raving customer fans by being interviewed on Targeted Podcasts. Please welcome to the show, Tom Schwab, CEO and founder of Interview Valet. Sarah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And can you tell us a little bit of your background, your story, how you got into podcasting and interviewing? Well, really, it's an evolution, not a revolution. My first job out of college was running nuclear power plants. I graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy. And what that taught me that everything can be systematized, can be taught. There's a process to everything. What was amazing is not that 20-somethings could run a nuclear reactor, but that smart people put the systems together. So that's something I already took in my life when I worked in the corporate world. When I started as an entrepreneur, I started my first business was an e-commerce business, durable, direct-to-patient medical devices for the rental market. Inbound Conference voted us the number two unsexiest product to sell online. But we served a lot of people. We did a lot of good. The company went from a regional player to a national leader, and then we sold it off. And we built that company all up with something called inbound marketing. We were HubSpot's first e-commerce case study. And inbound marketing is using content to attract, engage, and delight customers. And so the hack we used to use you know, 12, 15 years ago was guest blogging. Instead of putting a blog up on your own site and having it seen by three people, while we would leverage other people's platforms, put a guest blog up there, whatever it was, uh, Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, where the audience was, to get the audience to to get that no like and trust. So back in 2014, I hypothesized we could do that with podcast interviews. I had sold my last company. I was helping a couple people that I was in a mastermind with grow their business. And I hypothesized, hmm, I bet you could use podcast guesting like we used to use guest blogging. And so we started to test it, found out that it converted 25 times better than blogs. At first I said, oh, it's just a niche. It's just a personality. Kept it testing the system, refining it. And now over the last six years, over 500 clients on 20,000 interviews, we've really got the system dialed in to do producible results with it. I always say it's not a magic trick. It's, it's not a secret. It's just a system. Why do you think it is that podcasting, guest podcasting, converts so much better than blogging or any other method? Because I think it is that people get a chance to self-select. If I click to a blog to look at the website, I might spend a few seconds there, right? So if, if it doesn't appeal to me, 
I'm going to move on from there. But with a podcast, if I've listened for 30 or 45 minutes to the interview, if I've gotten to know, like, and trust the person, the company, if I go back to their website to engage, I'm a hot lead, right? And that's what our clients are telling us, that they're converting so much faster, right? They've already had a 30 to 45 minute conversation in their mind with the founder or some key person there. So I think what it is, is the people that listen to you on a podcast and that come, they come ready to engage. Yeah, that's a good point. And you've been on 1200 podcasts yourself, right? <laughs> I, I have. And some people are think that's remarkable. I'm embarrassed by that a little bit. Not all 1200 moved the dial, but they went and taught us the system. And right now there are over a million podcasts. Nobody has time to be on all the podcasts. So it's really important to follow a system and follow a process so that you can make the best use of your money and your time, because that's the most limited resource we all have. So how long ago was it that you started Interview Valet? I started doing podcast interviews in early 2014. We started to beta test Interview Valet in late 2015 and took it out of beta in early 2016. So it all started with me doing it doing it for a few friends. As people asked me, I put together a cheesy PDF that I would just give people. I was tired of answering the question on how to do it. So I just gave this PDF. And then some people said, well, you should put a video course together on it. And I had already built one business. I knew I didn't want to build another agency because I knew the work that was involved in that. So I put together a quick little video course and I put it up there. And Never took it out of beta, but it sold really well. And the reason I didn't take it out because people weren't getting results with it. You know, you can see at the back end of the course, did they make it through all six modules? Have they done anything with it? And the ones that were honest with me told me, you know, you gave me the cookbook. You gave me the videos. I don't want to learn how to be the chef. I want you to do it. Let me be the guest. You take care of all the rest. And that actually came from a client and became one of our taglines. And so it all started with there. And I wish I could say that I had this great business plan and everything was planned out perfectly. But what really happened was I listened to our customers. I, they told me what they loved and what they loathed. And so we did more of what they loved and less of what they loathed. So can you tell us about Interview Valet and how you help basically connect guests and hosts? You know, a lot of times people will come to us and say, can you help get me on a podcast? And I always say, if you want better answers, you have to ask better questions. There's a million podcasts out there. Literally, there's over a million podcasts right now. You don't need help getting on a podcast. But I always say, I think the question you're asking me is, can you help me grow my business, grow my brand with targeted podcast interviews? And they're like, yeah, isn't that what I said? I'm like, no, it's not, but I knew what you meant. And that's what we help people do. So with that, we're very strategic in how we pick the podcast. We're very systematic in how we go about the process. So it's wash, rinse, and repeat for the guest, for the talent, right? Your time is valuable, so you want to make the best use of it. I believe one of our core values is relationships are the ultimate currency, and I hate the word pitch. To me, you pitch an inanimate object. You pitch a baseball. You introduce a person. And in this industry right now, a lot of people are pitching 
and they'll just robo pitch, send the same email out to thousands of people in hope of getting one yes. And the problem is that one yes is usually a waste of time. So we really focus on that personal touch and really getting the results. Like I said, we've got a team of 19, all remote. We've got two in Europe, two in Canada, and the rest in the United States. And we serve about 100 clients at a time. Oh, wow. That's convenient right now to be remote. It really started out intentional. We've had some people say, well, it's so hard to manage a remote team. And I'm like, I agree. And I hate managing people. To me, managing is is babysitting. So it's hard to manage people remotely. It's easy to lead them. So we find the right people and we set it up because podcasting is a worldwide business. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. So to say that I'm going to set up a brick and mortar in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I'm going to find all the talent that I can here and that we're going to be open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. East Coast time, unless it snows. That's just not realistic anymore. So this business model has worked so much better for us because we've got clients, we've got partners, you know, podcasters throughout the world, and not everybody works the nine to five hours. So we need to be flexible there too. And can you kind of walk us through from the guest side and the host side when they sign up for Interview Valet, how the process works and what they can expect? And so I'm glad you said it that way because there's two, two people. There's the guest and the host. The guest is our client. They're the ones that pay us. We've got the responsibility, the fiduciary responsibility to them. But the host is our partner. We serve them. So everything we do for the host is free. There's other companies out there that charge both sides. I've never understood how you could not have a blatant conflict of interest with that. So with the host reaches out to us and says, this is about my podcast. This is the kind of guests I want. This is the topics that I'm looking to cover. This is where I want to go with it. So we partner with them to find them great guests. And we focus on three verticals, not necessarily where our clients are, but where our clients' clients are. And that's business, faith and Christianity, and health, nutrition, and wellness. So that's how we serve the podcast hosts. Now on the guest side, the guests are the ones that come to us. They're the thought leaders that know their biggest problem is obscurity. They've got something that could help people if they only knew. You know, They feel like obscurity is their biggest problem, they're the best kept secret out there, and they just want to share their message and, and their company and their brand with people. So that could be authors, coaches, consultants, software service companies, could be courses, could be brands, all of those. They come to us, we do an assessment on them and say, could you get great results with this? If there's anything that's missing, we'll tell them, hey, if you tune this up, you'd get even better results. Once we've decided that they'd be a good fit, then we go through and the first week is uh, onboarding. We call it a certified guest success setup. So we're getting them the one-page media kit that has everything the podcast host needs. We're building them an online portal where all of their podcast interviews are. We're finding the podcast. We're doing a practice podcast interview with them. We're going through the things they could talk about that would help the conversions the best, right? It's not just about getting a connection to a podcast host. It's about making this really work from a business standpoint. So that takes about a week. And then after that, we're introducing them to ideal podcasts getting them invited, preparing them for each interview. Before every interview, our team gives the guest a briefing on the podcast. This is the host. Here's the the audience. Here's common questions they talk about. Here's how they're connecting. So all of those things so that they're ready for every interview. 
We make it very much wash, rinse, and repeat. And we don't have any long-term contracts. We've got long-term customers, but those long-term customers come from results. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's a lot more involved than I thought it was. I thought it was just kind of, you connect guests and hosts, but I didn't realize you do all this training and pre-interview stuff. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. We've had a couple of clients come to us that have worked with other people and they're like, no one ever told me this before. And I'm like, how could you go on dozens of interviews and not have a call to action at the end or not have a place to send them? Or, you know, how did you prepare for the interviews? And they would say, what? I'm like, nobody helped you prepare for an interview. So with that, you know, I'm always frustrated by people that say, oh, podcast interview marketing doesn't work. And when you listen to them or talk with them, it's like, well, no, just getting on podcasts and talking, that doesn't work any more than guest blogging doesn't work. Well, if you go on any guest blog and write anything, no, just because you did it doesn't mean you'll get results. You've got, got to follow a system. Sometimes I, Sarah, I think about, I don't cook, I don't bake, right? But I know you have to follow a recipe. And I can remember there was one cake that I made in high school and it's baking soda or baking powder, one of those two that you're supposed to put in it. I didn't know what it tasted like. There was only a little bit of it. And I figured, ah, it's not that important. So I just left it out of the recipe. The results were not good. And so with that, I always tell people, they're like, well, do I have to do all of these things? I'm like, no, you don't have to. You're a grown person. You do whatever you want. But I know that if you follow this system, the same system that's been used by over 500 clients on 20,000 interviews, you'll get predictable results. If you want to make it up as you go, go for it and tell me if it works better. But I'll tell you that this works. Are there any big name people that maybe listeners would recognize that either podcasts that people that you've booked people onto or guests that you've booked. Yeah. And so with that, everybody, a big name is different to different people, True, (laughs) right? So I could say, you know, we helped Daryl Strawberry with his virtual book tour. Well, if you're a baseball fan or have a little bit of gray hair or grew up in New York, you know who Daryl Strawberry is. There's a lot of people going, who's that? Major League Hall of Famer, Eric Weinheimer, the first blind man to summit Mount Everest and go down the Grand Canyon solo. He had a book coming out and we helped him with the virtual book tour. A lot of New York Times bestsellers, Wall Street Journal bestsellers. Last year it was The Bezos Letters by Steve Anderson. We did the podcast book tour for that. Chris Tuff for the Millennial Whisperers. So that's someone on the guest side. We also work with companies like HubSpot is a client, Lockheed Martin, you know, big defense contractor, they're a client. But it varies there. And then as far as on the podcaster side, it really depends on who your audience is. You know, we've gotten people on Harvard Business Review, Entrepreneur on Fire, Stacking Benjamins, Lewis Howes. I remember somebody said, have any of your clients been on Lewis Howes? And I'm like, yes, they have. And it was the first blind man to summit Mount Everest. If you've got a better story than that, I'm sure we can get you on there. But no, just because we know somebody doesn't mean we can get you on there. I think of there was one uh, prospect that came to us and great guy, right? But he was a 20-year-old high school dropout that had started a company, very successful, and put out his first book at 20. And he said, I want to be on Harvard Business Review. And I'm like, you do understand what Harvard Business Review is about, right? They promote their programs, all the rest of that. I said, if you haven't graduated from Harvard or in in theirs, they're probably not going to have a high school dropout, a 20-year-old focused on HBR. So we really work with our clients to help them find the right podcast. 
You know, we had another client came to us and said, I want to speak to C-level executives. Okay. And then he threw out a podcast that he wanted to be on. And it was a great podcast, but I had to say, hold it. That podcast starts with, yo, 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 welcome to, I'm like, do you really think C-level executives are listening to that podcast? And he's like, no, probably not. I'm like, it's a great podcast, lousy podcast for you. Yeah, I think that definitely helps lining people up with the correct guests, the correct podcast. Probably a lot of people, they listen to a bunch of different podcasts, so they want to be on them, but it doesn't make any sense for them to be. Exactly. We've got some people that are actually doing it for the SEO value, right? The backlinks, every time you're on a podcast, they typically give you a backlink to your your site. And we've got customers that understand the value of that. So with that, though, if you said, hey, do you want to be on the Tim Ferriss podcast, which is probably, you know, in the top 0.1% of all podcasts, or do you want to be on a podcast from, you know, an undergraduate podcast at Harvard University that has 200 downloads per episode? They'll go, give me the one that has the backlink from harvard.edu because that's gold. Other people will say, you know, I'm trying to grow my Instagram followers. Okay, then we'll find podcasts that have a large Instagram following, right? Because they're going to be promoting it there. That's how you can do it. So success is different for every client. Yeah. And you mentioned Entrepreneur on Fire, which is one of the ones I listen to. And I would love to someday get on that show or have him on my show. But I imagine that, yeah, you would definitely probably need a service like yours to make that happen, I imagine. Well, if you think about it, what there's three types of people that podcast hosts want to have on their on their show. If you're a podcast host or just put yourself in the position of a podcast host, they want to have their friends, they want to have friends of friends and people they want to be their friends. You know, nowhere in there does it say cold pitches. So we come in more or less in the friends of friends. You know, we've got a team of 19, we go to all the meetings, we have the relationships and that's really, you know, where we introduce our clients while other people are just, you know, robo pitching. And I don't know if this is a rumor or if you can even speak to this, but I had heard that podcasts in particular and others that they charge a fee to be a guest on their show. Is that accurate? Uh, that that one does. Oh, okay. It's, it's still very, very rare, the pay to play. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of discussion over that. But yeah, there are some podcasts that have gone pay to play. Okay. So I probably couldn't even, as a frugalpreneur, I probably couldn't even afford to be <laughs> to be on the show. But I, I would love to get him on my show, though. I know he does several guest spots. So we'll see. Do you have any interview tips from both the host side as far as questions and then from the guest side as far as what to talk about, how to talk about it, things like that? Well, I think one of the things that we've learned from our experience is that what converts best is conversations. To me, the best podcasts or podcast interviews is like sitting down at an IHOP and listening to two people talking. Right. So if Sarah and I were sitting down for coffee in Dallas for breakfast, we'd probably be talking about the same things. Right. And being a podcast listener is like sitting in the next booth. And it'd be rude to turn around and stare. And it'd be rude to turn around and get in on the conversation. But you just want to sit there and listen to it. So to me, the best podcasts are the ones that are a conversation, a back and forth. When it's the same five or six questions every time. That just gets really boring. And I think not only do those podcasts not work well for the guest, but you see a lot of churn in the audience, right? Because after a while, you just get tired of that. It's almost like think about if you're sitting down at that same IHOP and somebody is in the first interview 
to be the bus boy and and everybody gets asked the same five questions maybe it's interesting the first time maybe the second time but by the third time it's like i just got to get out of there so i would say the advice i would have is be real have a conversation move off your talking points be interested in being interesting not everybody's going to love you and that's fine you just want to appeal to those people that you could serve the best And I think that's why, once again, we talked about podcast interviews converting 25 times better than blogs. You don't want everybody there to come to you and be a customer. You just want those people that hear and go, wow, Sarah understands me. She works with people like me. I want to work with her. Those are the ones you're trying to attract. And so podcasts, virtual tour, is that kind of like the new people used to go on TV shows, do TV tours, and I suppose bigger people obviously do. But so podcast tours is like the new thing, basically. It is. And especially since, you know, the the world we live in now post-COVID, there are no more physical stages. And so this is the new digital stage and you can get out there. And even radio and television, I'd argue that they have a different impact, right? If you think about it, a lot of the late night shows, they're taking little clips and putting it on social media or putting it on other places. We worked with one gentleman, Morgan Wright, who's the cybersecurity analyst on Fox News. And he loves podcasts because he can talk so much more and have a conversation. You know, he he would gave us the example that to be in front of tens of millions of people in the evening, well, he'd have to drive to the studio. That takes an hour. He'd spend an hour in the green room and then he'd have his two to three minute session. That was if the host didn't talk for a minute of it. So he got to talk for maybe two minutes and then he'd hour drive home. And he said it was great, but it was so much easier to jump on a podcast, you know, to have a discussion, to go into depth for that 30 or 45 minutes. And he really enjoyed that deeper conversation where people got to know you, got to know who you are, as opposed to just a little bit of sound bites. I've done some television and some radio, and to me, they're stressful just because there's the clock, right? So we're talking and then all of a sudden, you know, we got to go to news and weather. Doesn't matter what we're talking about. It just gets cut off. I think it's more powerful too, because we had some client told us that she couldn't understand why this podcast that she was on only had whatever it was, a couple thousand listeners. She said, last month I was on a radio show and got heard by 4 million people. And I'm like, what radio show was that? And she says, oh, I don't even remember. It was some small one out of Indianapolis. And I'm like, no, that was their reach, right? That signal could have reached 4 million people. That doesn't mean that everybody was listening to that station at that time to listen to you. Whereas a podcast, anybody that is listening to this right now, thank you, right? Because they have chosen to listen. And the other thing, while we're recording this in 2020, there's probably somebody in 2025 that's listening, right? Because it's evergreen content. So, you know, if Sarah, if you're speaking at a conference and all of a sudden one of my kids call me and I have to get up and walk out and take the call, I'm going to miss your speech. Right. But if I'm listening to you on a podcast, I'll hit pause, take the call, and then come back. So to me, podcasts, the virtual tour, so much more powerful. And, you know, leveraging other people's platforms is just a, a great way for frugal 
entrepreneurs for frugal businesses to maximize the results. Yeah. And I feel like with podcasting, okay, so maybe only 200 people are listening to it versus hundreds of thousands on TV or radio, but that the audience is usually much more targeted. And plus, like you said, you're on longer, they get to know you better. And the fact that they can listen to it anytime, they don't have to listen to it live. And what I like about podcasting over radio is that, you know, it is targeted and there's no, well, some podcasts do have commercials, but most of them don't. Or if they do, it's very targeted. It's not like some random thing that you don't care about. Well, unless you're doing one of those Casper or Blue Apron ones. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah. So I feel like it's a lot more educational, more personal. And think about what you said. It's only 200 people. I've often mentioned this to clients. It's like, would you drive across town this afternoon to talk to 10 ideal customers? And almost all of them say, oh, yeah, definitely. Right. And would you drive across state to talk to 100 ideal customers? And most of them are say yes. A lot of them get this deer in the headlight look that are introverts. And they're like, nope, I don't talk in front of crowds. And the thing is, is I've gotten on planes before. You know, I, I speak a lot. Last, just before this all hit, I spoke at PodFest and great meeting. The room was packed. We probably had 200 people in that room. And I had to fly to Orlando. I got to fly to Orlando, spend a couple days down there to speak to 200 people. And you think about it, going on a podcast from home, from work, from anywhere there's an internet connection. I've done some of my biggest podcast interviews from hotel rooms. And it takes me, what, 30, 45 minutes to speak to those people. That's magic. And I can think of a live event that I did in Lansing, Michigan. It's about an hour from here. Got halfway through it and I had to laugh. I said, this is the smallest crowd I have talked to in months, right? There were about 50 people there. Great people. They had hors d'oeuvres. They had drinks. I loved being there. But I'm like, I drove an hour to get here. I'll spend an hour and a half here and I'll drive an hour home. So we're talking what, you know, maybe three hours, four hours altogether to talk to 50 people. Whereas I said, on a podcast interview, I'm able to, to talk to hundreds and thousands of people. And if I said something really interesting on this presentation here live tonight, and you go to try to tell somebody tomorrow what I said, I said, do you think you're going to get it right? Probably not. Whereas if I say something that's interesting on a podcast interview, it's very easy to forward that on and say, hey, Sarah, listen, at minute 29, listen to this. It's really interesting. So it's so much easier to share too. So from that standpoint, while I love traveling, I miss it. Boy, podcasts are so much more powerful. And can you go over maybe some ways that people can turn listeners into leads? Because a lot of people are probably wondering, well, how can I use podcast guesting? Is that a word? Guesting? Podcast guesting? To promote my product, my service, or this, that, or the other? It's not only a word, it's a hashtag. Ah. So if you want to find more on it, just put you know either hashtag podcast guest or podcast guesting, and you'll see a lot of resources on the internet for it. But one of the things that we have found from all of our testing is that you have to give people a reason to move from being a passive listener to an active visitor to your site to an engaged lead. And all of this is based off testing right? And every digital marketer will tell you one call to action. I don't disagree with them, but on podcast interviews, the testing has always shown, give people three ways to say yes, a small yes, a medium yes, and then the heck yes. 
right? So the small yes could be just a reason to come back to your site. It could be a checklist, a picture, an infographic, something that ties in to what you're talking about. So for me, often I'll we've got an online assessment, podcast interview marketing. Will it work for you? So on podcast interviews, I'll say, if you'd like to find out if it'll work for you, here's this small yes. Now, the medium yes is often more time or money, right? So it could be an ebook. It's going to take them a little bit of time to do that. It could be a video, a face-to-camera video to build the relationship works really well. It could be the first chapter of your book. It could be an online course, some if you want to call it tripwire product to get them engaged a little bit more. You know, some people are slow to decide and they're going to want to look around there a little bit. The final, the heck yes, is that if they have listened to you, Sarah, for 30 or 45 minutes on a podcast interview and they're like, yes, she knows me. She understands with me. She works with people like me. I want to work with her. Well, don't slow them down in a funnel, right? Whales don't click and big fish don't swim through funnels. So if they want to talk to the wizard, give them a way to do that. So often that that big yes is, hey, if any of this resonated with you, grab a time on my calendar. I'd love to talk to you and explore how this would work. And so one of the things that we've also found is to send them to a dedicated, we call it a welcome page, right? So it's a page that has those three offers on it, the small yes, the medium yes, and the heck yes. And just pulling behind the curtain, I'll, I'll make one up. If you go to interviewvalet.com forward slash frugal, the first thing you're going to see is the logo from the Frugalpreneur podcast, right? Because if you've heard me, you've never seen my website, you've never seen me. But when you go there, you're going to say, oh, I recognize that. It's like a trust seal. Then there's going to be some boilerplate text that says, you know, if you're here, it's because you heard Sarah and I on the Frugalpreneur podcast, a little bit of boilerplate text, a picture of me. Some people just want to go back and say, I wonder what they look like, right? All the social media in case you want to connect. And then those three offers that always works best to move people from being just a passive listener to an active visitor to an engaged lead. And I've seen a lot of people do it where they won't say anything at the end, or they'll say, you can follow me at, on my Instagram, Tom underscore Kalamazoo 12. Nobody's going to ever remember that. And why would they go there? So give them one place to go. The other thing from a marketing standpoint is now you can attribute all the traffic. So you know where people came from. It's one of those magic things that really helps turn the interview into business. Okay. So basically have a, a specific link per podcast that you're on. Correct. And that page is, we call it a welcome page. Put the navigation on it still, right? If people want to look around, around your website, don't slow them down, but give them one place to go. Because say we're talking about some special offer, or I'm talking about my new book. When you do that, okay, it's 2020. Well, what about the person that hears this in 2022? They'll go back to the website and go, where's the book? Or that's not the book he was talking about, right? This is evergreen content. So you want to drive them, move them, help them to an evergreen page that's not going to change over time. I'm going to have to start <laughs> implementing that. <laughs> and like you said, people can go to interviewvalet.com forward slash frugal. And I believe you said that you'd have your book on there. 
Yeah. So the the three things that I'll put in there, my small yes, my medium yes, and then the heck yes will be that podcast interview marketing and assessment. You just answer, I think it's 12 questions and it'll give you a score on you know what how you could use podcast interview marketing and suggestions to use it better. The book Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with a Targeted Interview Strategy. I sell a lot on Amazon, but I give more away. So that book will be there. And then finally, if any of this made sense to you and you're like, wow, I'd like to talk to Tom uh, and his team about you know either getting guests or being a guest, I'll put my link there too. So all of that will be at interviewvalet.com forward slash frugal. Well, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. And was there anything else that you wanted to go over that we hadn't discussed? You know, Sarah, the the one thing that I just wanted to touch on is uh, I'm a frugal guy. We have bootstrapped our entire company. And I think that's the way to do a business. It's slower, but boy, when you hit bumps in the road, it's a lot less stressful as we're seeing now. I, I'm glad I, we're not a highly leveraged company. But with that, you can still leverage people's resources, right? A lot of times people will talk about leveraging other people's money. In real estate, they talk about that. And taking loans, all the rest of that. I'm not big on that, but I am big on leveraging other people's platforms. You know, if you want to talk to an audience like Oprah's, there's two things you can do. You can either start your own Oprah show, build that up and get a similar audience, or you can go on the Oprah show. Now, both of those are hard, but one of them's a whole lot harder. And I just look at it here. If I if I wanted to talk to Sarah's audience right now, well, maybe I could buy a list. Maybe I could do paid ads. Maybe I could do a show that is very, very similar and, and try to pull them back. But you know what? It's much, much easier to say, how can I add value to Sarah's show? How can I leverage other people's platforms? And I know if you're listening to this, you've got a product, you've got a service that could help a lot of people. It may not be perfect, but it's perfect for a thousand people or a million people. The biggest problem is they don't know you exist. You're obscure to them. So help them, help yourself, leverage other people's platforms to get your message out there. You'll be better for it and the world will be better. Well, I appreciate it. And yeah, that I think, and that's a good free way to get out there. Being again, well, unless there it's a the rare podcast that charges a fee, but for the most part, it's a good free way to get publicity and exposure is to be a guest on other podcasts. So, so again, people can go to interviewvalet.com forward slash frugal, and then I'll also have show notes and I'll have the link to that as well at the sarahstjohn.com. Thank you, Sarah. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcastpreneur. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, don't forget to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Until next time.